In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and much gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children." And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel uh, answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, Zachariah. Because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home, and after these days his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Now, the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid up them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with them. This is the word of the Lord. imposed silence, 20 years in fact, 20 years ago when a certain freshman young lady happened to capture my attention. Now she had a kind heart, a bubbly personality, a gift for conversation that could go on for unlimited amounts of time with anyone and everyone. And just a few weeks into her freshman year, she suddenly got a medical diagnosis. 
She had vocal nodules, growths on her vocal cords that required complete and total voice rest for a month. You could imagine her frustration. Now, I wanted to get to know this young lady a little bit better. And so for me, there was an opportunity. You see, now this was in the dark ages, so it was before there were cell phones and text messaging and email even was somewhat of a new thing. I'm not sure that laptops were around. At least we didn't have any of them. But the opportunity that I saw was to go to the store and buy a kid's toy known as a Magna Doodle. Some people just reveal their ages because they know what that is. A Magna Doodle was this, this board that uses a magnetic pen in order to be able to write messages, and then you could swipe and remove it all away, and so you had the opportunity to write messages quickly back and forth. And I left that as a gift for her, and 17 years of marriage and a number of kids later, the rest, as they say, is history. Silence can be a gift. <laughs> Demonstrating God's overwhelming graciousness and mercy for this poor soul who was able to find a wonderful wife in the process. James 1 says this, that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And just a few verses later, though, he says this. He says, be quick to hear. Be slow to speak. Be slow to anger. See, is silence one of those perfect gifts? As we take a look at what James would say, we see that certainly silence is in the sense that it can stop words which cause harm. We know a little bit about that, don't we? That it can stop words which then also bring regret. I'm sure we know a thing or two about that. But really, it's more than that. It's, it's talking about, in Scripture, about a silence that is the opportunity to listen. And not just to listen to others, but specifically to listen to the Lord. You see, in Advent, we talk about this phrase where it says that it's a time for us to wait upon the Lord. It isn't just simply a, a waiting for the Lord the way... Uh, that uh, children may try to stay up late at night, seeing if they might be able to get just a little bit of a, a hearing of those hoofbeats upon the rooftops or those sleigh bells that belong to a certain man in a red suit. See, Advent is not only about listening for Christ, but listening to Christ. And so we get to Zechariah. Here he was serving in his duty to offer sacrifices and prayers for the people. That he was acting in, in mediation for the people in trying to, to remind and bring about God's salvation. Done in a way of anticipating the promised Christ. He and his wife were late in life, they may say, and had no children. But now the angel announced that there was a child to be promised to them, John. And John was the one who would come to prepare people's hearts for the coming Messiah, the Lord's Christ. But as the angel reveals, it is Zechariah's heart that needed preparing. So the angel says, because you do not believe my words... That is because you do not trust God in this, these things that I have said, that I have spoken. 
you will have an imposed silence. But if we take a look at the words that are recorded in Scripture, they're not that different from what Mary would say just a little bit later in, in the announcement of her miraculous birth. How shall this be? And so maybe there's a part of us that might think to Zechariah, well, maybe someone should have spoken to Zechariah that phrase that we may know, better to remain silent and thought of fool than to speak and remove all doubt. But you see, the Lord can cut straight through the heart of all of these things. And like Zechariah, what we say and what we don't say, what we think and what we don't think, the things we do and those things we left undone, all of them betrays our sinfulness, our lack of faith, our inability to trust in the God of promise in all things. The Lord is a giver of all gifts, and maybe this season he gives us the gift of silence. A season, an opportunity to quiet the noise of our own voices, quiet the noise of others, to quiet that constant chatter of social media and every platform, to quiet the noise of the news and of the world, and instead to listen to God, that we would have our hearts shaped and prepared by his word. Again, it was James that said every perfect gift, right? We were to turn to Psalm number uh, 19. We're, talking, we're, we're shown about another perfect gift. As beginning in verse 7, it says, The word of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servants also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Maybe it is that like Zechariah, as we are in the season of waiting, our hearts would be prepared directed away from all that is the consuming sinfulness that exists in us and pointed to the purpose of Christ, to the promise of his return. You see, as I think about times of speaking in silence, we may be waiting, saying, God, when, 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 when? And it may seem like God has been silent all this time. But Scripture tells us about a time when God has been silent. Isaiah 9 talks about how it is that the, gives prophecy to the fact that there would be one who was born, the child who would be the Messiah. But you get to Isaiah 53, and it talks about that Messiah who would bear our griefs, who would be wounded for our transgressions, and who, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and sheep is led to his shears, is silent. Reminded of Jesus, who had the woman brought before him in accusation to be stoned. 
And he said, whoever has, the has no sin, throw the first stone. And then he sat and he drew on the ground as silence. God has had times of silence in order to be, bring about salvation for his people. And then he speaks. And when he speaks, he says things like, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Or your sins are forgiven. Or today you will be with me in paradise. And the Lord speaks. And he prepares our hearts and our minds in silence so that we too would be people who would speak. That we would be people who speak maybe like Zechariah. We didn't get to it in our reading today, but, but here's what Zechariah speaks when he comes out of his time of silence. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our Lord, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace." As God prepares our hearts through the gift of silence that listens to his word, may our lips be readied and to be our tongue loosed in order to give great rejoicing that our words would proclaim Christ to the world. In the name of Jesus, amen. I invite you to open to page, uh, hymn number 936.